Welcome to the Posture Strength and Mobility Podcast. I'm Isaac Osborne, and I'm here to share with you tips, tricks, hacks, interesting musings, and much more in short, digestible episodes. To learn more about how you can improve your posture, strength, and mobility, check out the show notes for links. Onward with the show. Welcome to the Posture Strength and Mobility Podcast. I'm Isaac Osborne, your host, and today we're going to talk about risks of releasing the psoas muscle from the front. So today I'm going to give you five reasons why it's risky to try to release the psoas from the front of the body. I'm going to give you the reason why people think they need to release the psoas from the front, and I'm going to give you some tips and tricks on how to safely release it. And most importantly, why the people that actually do try to release from the front and do get relief, why it's actually helping them. If you like this episode, please subscribe and leave a positive review so that other people may find this and get help from it as well. You can also get more information about my posture strength and mobility classes and my very own brand of massage gun, the integrator that has protocols to help back pain, neck pain, plantar fasciitis, and much, much more. Check out the show notes for links and let's get moving with the show. Okay. So first of all, where is the psoas muscle? So for those of you who are listening, I'll do my best to try to try to describe this. So imagine just below your rib cage on the front of the spine, this is a very long muscle that travels on the front of the spine. It crosses over the pelvic bowl and then attaches down onto what's called a lesser trochanter on the femur or the thigh bone. So imagine if you drew a line or if you followed the line of your or rectus, uh, the you know the abs muscle that everyone loves to look at, the rock hard abs. Basically, follow that line past your groin, and then on t- onto the, um, the just below your groin, it attaches into the thigh bone. All right, so this muscle is a very long muscle. It originates on the basically the front of the spine and crosses over. So the reason why it's so dangerous for people to try and release this muscle is number one is that you have organs you have all your organs in the front of the spine all your organs are living just in front of this muscle the psoas muscle this is actually called the psoas major there is a psoas minor but this is our main focus today is a psoas major muscle because it's much larger and it's the most popular muscle to try it for people to try to dig into and say that that it helps their uh, low back pain. It's incredibly hard to reach in a lot of ways and it's dangerous to reach because as soon as you start pressing back, if you're pressing back straight into the abdomen, right around those, those abdominal muscles, you're pushing right back into those intestines. And if you push hard enough past those intestines, you're going to reach the aorta. So that's your largest artery that you have in the body, the aorta that travels on the front of the spine. But on the other side, on the right side of the uh, of your body and the right side of the front of the spine, you have your vena cava, which is the largest vein in the body. So if you actually press hard enough into someone's abdomen, you will feel thunk, 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 thunk. You'll feel a heartbeat. And it's not a good idea to be pressing hard into that area. The other thing is right underneath the rib cage, you have your kidneys and the ureter tube that comes from the kidneys to the bladder 
travels basically right on top of the psoas. So you press hard enough to get all the way back into that and into that psoas, you'll be pressing on that ureter tube. Now, if we if we travel down to the lower portion of of the psoas muscle, for those of you watching, you can see where my hand is. This is the lower pelvic floor, right atop the pubic bone. If you cross over, and in women, right in this area, sometimes an ovary might sit on top of the psoas. So that's another reason why having someone push directly back, especially lower down, you can actually be squishing somebody's ovary. So those are your main five reasons as to why it's dangerous. You got your intestines, your reader tube, your ovaries in, in women in the lower portion, the vena cava and the aorta, and you have the kidneys uh, in the upper portion, but more than likely, you're not going to be pressing back that high up. You're going to run into the stomach and some other things. It's going to be really uncomfortable. It's going to be really painful. And it's just not a good idea to go and be pressing straight back towards the spine from the front. I want to show you another muscle. And for the listeners, describe this other muscle. If you touch your belly button, you cross over and go down, or as soon as you go across and you feel bone, so if I touch my belly button, move my finger horizontally to the right, and I touch my bone, that's the that's the what's called the ASIS, and that area it houses another muscle called the iliacus. Typically, people refer to this sometimes, and they they combine these two muscles and they call them the iliopsoas muscle. Now you can see for those of you that are watching, this this iliacus muscle is much more accessible much more accessible, especially if we come here from the side and kind of palpate it from the side. You can actually palpate it on yourself a little bit. You have your obliques that are in the way that you have to get past. However, you can palpate that muscle much more safely than you can palpate the psoas. Now, it's true that down in the groin area, you'll get the lower or the insertions of the muscle that you can palpate which is good. We can, we can work in those areas. What we're going to talk about here in a minute is how to safely release them. So before we get into how you can safely release these muscles, let's, let's talk about why people want to release this. So most commonly, it's because of low back pain or someone has an excessive lordotic curve meaning their low back has a lot of arch in it. So if, if you kind of, if you, for those of you listening, if you stick your butt out, that's the excessive curve where you have a lot of curvature in your back, where if you tuck your tail, then your low back becomes flat. That's the opposite. So when you have an excessive curve, it can put a lot of pressure in the lumbar spine or the low back. And the psoas typically gets blamed for this. Now, the psoas, it's never one muscle. Don't ever blame one, one muscle because muscles work in groups and they coordinate with other muscles. So if you're going to blame anything, try to blame the hip flexor complex or basically four, four muscles. I mean, you can search hip flexor complex online and get four muscles and get seven muscles. It doesn't really matter. It's basically all the muscles that create hip flexion. The hip flexor complex there's a lot more reachable muscles than the psoas. The psoas would be the one that is least, that the ones you're going to least be able to touch and least be able to reach. However, accessibility to the psoas muscle 
comes from accessibility from the other muscles. If you start influencing those other muscles, you're going to influence the psoas muscle. You might be asking this question right now, especially if you're one of those people that have one of these devices or have gotten relief from someone releasing the psoas muscle by pressing straight back into, into the spine. Why do we get relief? Well, here's the reason why. When you're trying to palpate, you're trying to go through all that tissue to try to reach the psoas muscle, there is three, four, depending on where you are, muscles that you're going through to get to the psoas muscle, aside from all the organs, right? So on the outer layer, you're going through external oblique, internal oblique, transverse abdominis, and potentially wherever your hand is, if you're going straight in the midline of the body, right in the middle, you're going to try to go through the rectus abdominis muscle. So you have four layers of muscle that you're actually trying to go through to reach the psoas muscle. And so the most common thing is to get relief when people are pushing straight back and trying to palpate the psoas is, and it's excruciating and painful, is you're going through those four muscles. You're getting a release in those obliques and potentially rectus abdominis muscle. And when that happens, you actually get more space and relief into the low back because it, by relaxing those muscles, it actually can decompress the lumbar spine. There's other ways to release those muscles than going straight back. And if you're interested in that, you're going to want to tune in to episode three of the Posture Strength and Mobility podcast, where I'm going to be talking more in depth about that. Let's talk about the release. Now, you see here on the skeleton, for those of you who can't see this and that are just listening to the podcast, I have the skeleton on the ground. Skeleton's lying on its back and its knees are bent. And uh, I have it propped up so it can stay in this position. So this position actually allows the lumbar spine to drop. Whoa, <laughs> lost the knees there. Allows the lumbar spine to drop towards the ground. And so this is how you tell, actually, if you're in this position. And this is how you know that you're someone with who has lordosis. All you have to do is just lay in this position. If your low back has a really hard time touching the floor or doesn't touch the floor at all, then you you know that you're someone who has probably really tight hip flexors. And those hip flexors are, are yanking your back, your lumbar spine forward, tilting your pelvis forward, spilling your guts out, so to speak, forward. And you have that excessive curvature in your low back. So it's a good chance that your low back pain is being caused by very tight hip flexors. But it's a group. It's not just the psoas muscle. So lying in this position can be very, very beneficial for you. A foam roller has a really hard time releasing the hip flexors because of the positions that you, you try to get your body into to release it. And I have not had success with it. I haven't seen much success with my clients trying to release the hip flexor complex with a foam roller. However, with, and this is why one of the reasons I'm, I'm biased to a massage, massage gun is because being able to lie in this position and use a device like this to be able to release these muscles is very, very beneficial. So lying on your back, knees are bent. So those of you who are listening, go ahead and lie on your back if you have that opportunity right now. Bring your knees up the, and then 
while you're on your back, if you have an excessive curvature in your low back, what I want you to do is press your feet into the ground and tuck your tail. And by pressing your feet into the ground, you're accessing glutes and hamstrings. That'll tuck your tail and it'll flatten your low back into the ground. Now, be, pay attention to the fact if you're using your stomach to do this movement, try to do it without using your stomach. It'll show you how weak your glutes and your hamstrings are to be able to tuck that tail and flatten that low back into this position. If you can relax your stomach, then hold that position. And if you have a massage gun, uh, if you don't, go to my website, motionunlimited.net, go to the store, grab yourself uh, the integrator or a mini integrator, and you can start working on this on this yourself. Then I would take the, the mini uh, the integrator and I'd angle it towards the inside of your pelvis here, towards the iliacus muscle, not the psoas muscle and put it on a low speed because it's the vibration of the percussion of the device that is going to confuse sensory nerves that helps release the muscle while you're keeping your pelvis in that tuck. So you're keeping your pelvis in that tuck position, then you're able to neurologically help that muscle let go because you're accessing other muscles in your body that are changing that joint position. Now, with the massage gun, you're able to help that muscle release even greater because the per percussion or the vibration of the device is going to help release and relax that muscle, specifically here, the iliacus. And we're, we're going, for those of you listening, we're pointing on the inside of the pelvis and we're pointing outside of our body. We're not, po we're pointing, we're not pointing towards the midline of our body. We're pointing outside and we're just kind of hovering. I'm going to demonstrate this in my body here in just a second. And then you can go around into the, into the groin area in here as well while you're holding that tuck position. So that's how you would release it. I'm going to give you one stretch to do here as well that will show you how to release it if you don't have a massage gun. And it's a very effective stretch if you take your time with it and really pay attention to how your body is moving while you're doing it. All right. So let's demonstrate it on my body with the massage gun, and then I'll show you the stretch. Lie on your back with your knees bent. I'm going to turn the massage gun on to a speed of one. Find your belly button. Go to the outside of your body. So move. In this case, I have my left hand on my belly button, and I'm moving out till I hit bone. That's your pelvis. Once I hit bone, then I know I'm on top of my pelvis, and I'm actually really close to the iliacus muscle. Then. If I go onto the inside of the bone, I just follow to the inside of the bone just a little bit. Then I, I hold my finger there and I bring the massage gun right on the inside of my finger. So it's on the inside of the pelvic bone. I'm angling and pointing the gun to the outside of my body, not towards the midline of the body. Then I push my feet into the ground, let my belly relax, let my low back flatten by just very ever, ever so lightly squeezing my glutes and my hamstrings to keep my pelvis in that tuck position while I hold the massage gun on that iliacus muscle. Hold it there for about a minute. I'm not pressing hard. I'm just letting the vibration have its way with the muscle so that the muscle relaxes. Then you can move down towards the groin and hang out in the groin for about a, a minute or so as well. Just hold that position.
okay? And that's how you'd release the iliacus muscle. And by releasing the iliacus muscle, you're going to have a reaction into the psoas muscle that's going to re relax the psoas muscle because of the embedded fascia and the sensory nerves around the fascia in that area. But if you're pressing out towards the outside of your body, you're, you're far much safer in releasing the psoas muscle and the iliacus muscle and the hip flexor complex by putting your body in that joint pos that position because joint position influences muscle activation. All right, so now for a way for you to release that without anything. So for those of you who don't have a massage gun and you have not much success with foam rollers releasing the hip flexor complex, this is a pretty easy stretch. If you spend time in it, it will release things but you have to get the movement cues correctly to be able to get it. So lie on your stomach this is basically a prone quad stretch. If you lie on your stomach, rest your head on the back of, in this case, my left hand, grab your right ankle, and then now you're in a quad stretch. This might be intense for you in itself. Now this is where, this is where you want to be able to get uh, more range motion in the quads and it's not going to be by pulling like with your with your arm pulling your your heel towards your butt yes that will yield in some stretch but it's not going to get the proper neurological response in the body to get the proper neurological response for that muscle the hip flexors and those quads to lengthen you actually want to pull your belly button to your spine slightly but use your glutes like push your pubic bone into the ground and so that creates that tucking tail motion. Then you'll feel a stretch in the quads, possibly in the groin. Now, this is where people think that you have to feel an intense stretch to get benefit. And that's not true. What, what's actually been found in fascial research is that if you hold something, especially fascia, on a lighter stretch for a longer period of time, you actually yield more elasticity and flexibility into into tissue than you do with a really intense stretch and if you think about it that intense stretch is so intense that the body has to tighten up or resist around that intensity so if you go to a light to moderate intensity you're actually going to yield much more benefit and also what happens is when you're tucking the tail and you're squeezing those glutes and those hamstrings you're getting the neurological antagonist of the hip flexors to activate and when you you activate something like that the other muscle has to let go and release now you can hold this for like one to three minutes and the longer you hold it the more tissue is going to open up the more those muscles are going to release all right so that is today's episode you guys hope you liked it if you did please subscribe leave a positive review so that someone else who needs help can find this just like you did. Don't hesitate to share this with someone that you love that might need help from this. Check out the show notes for links to the posture strength and mobility classes that I have online on my website and also the integrator, the massage gun that I branded that has protocols for neck pain, back pain, contrafasciitis, knee pain, hip pain, specific muscle releases that are very detailed. Check it out. Let me know what you guys think, and I'll see you in the next episode.